Emergency podcast time. Schubert is retiring. Jacqueline LeBlanc was there to hear what she had to say. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Friday morning to you. I am Howard Megdahl, founder and editor of The Next, host of Lockdown Women's Basketball, here to thank you for making us your first listen. Make sure you subscribe. It costs, let me see, let me just do the calculation, nothing, it's free. And so you should go ahead, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to us every weekday. What a luxury. The other women's basketball podcasts that are every weekday, that would be none of them. So come enjoy it. We also do something over at The Next, thenexthoops.com, where we cover women's basketball 24-7, 365. We have over 100 reported pieces every single month. My staff is incredible. Please come read, subscribe, take advantage of the work that's being done. And alert on June 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Sign up to our playback page and make sure you are there for our live second screen watch parties. Make sure you are enjoying all the goodness that our staff has to offer you. Uh, Our title sponsor, of course, Arcade One Up. The one, the only, NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1UP, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is bringing the best game ever back. Let me tell you, when I say it's the best game ever, you cannot believe how many quarters I would feed into the machine at the arcade at the Echelon Mall in Voorhees, New Jersey. I know that sounds, that's a very old person thing to say, but that is what I did. Jacqueline LeBlanc, were you an arcade person growing up? Um, I loved pinball, so <laughs> played played a lot of pinball, and I loved ski ball, so did a lot of that. Can't say I played a lot of um, NBA Jam, but I am a big NBA 2K fan because, of course, they have the the W in there. So um, more of a PS5 person, <laughs> I well, guess. Now. I, I mean, you're you're the modern day version of this, to be sure, and I we appreciate you telling us, myself included, about the future. But for those of us who live in the past, and there are plenty of them, go to arcade1up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Golden Team, Mortal Kombat, you name it, starting at just $399. But my God, NBA Jam, the idea that I have NBA Jam in my home, I can't even get my mind around it. But speaking of something that's been around almost as long as NBA Jam, that would be Sue Bird's career. And so we're going to get into both what Sue Bird has meant to the game, what it looked like last night as Sue Bird talked about her career live at Mohegan Sun, which I know you were at. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the weekend ahead where you're going to see Sue on Friday and I'm going to see her on Sunday. So we're going to have wall to wall Sue Bird coverage all weekend long. But just take me through the moments and, and for those of you who haven't, by the way, go to thenextstoops.com, read Jacqueline's story. It's up now. It, it, it's going to make you cry. It is. I, I felt it. I was editing it. So I was kind of trying to be in it. But, oh, God, I, I felt it. You made me feel it. So thank you for that. Thank, thank you for doing that for everyone. Take, what was it like? What were you feeling walking in there 
knowing you were covering this seminal moment in the career of an all-time great. Yeah, it was a, a crazy afternoon, that's for sure. I think she announced on social media around like 11.45, almost around noon um, yesterday. And then by 4 p.m. Eastern time, we had a room full of media people there for, for her press conference. So I was lucky enough to, to be able to attend that last night. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be emotional. You know, Sue's so like level-headed all the time and... Um, you know, I, I wondered if she was going to get emotional about it. I haven't been around her her too often. So I was like, you know, maybe she's been thinking about this for a while. You know, she knows exactly what she wants to say. Um, but it got pretty emotional pretty quickly. Um, it was cool to see the room of reporters, too. Like, I know Dom Amore from uh, the Hartford Current was there. And in his piece, uh, he wrote about, you know, covering Sue when the night she was drafted 21, 21 years ago. So it was cool to see full full circle moments like that. And um, of course, you know, people, people like me who hasn't, haven't grown up around um, Sue Bird and her UConn legacy. I'm new to Connecticut. So um, just to see that fan base and how, you know, they interact and the UConn media really showing up for, for Sue was really cool. Um, Storm games are always packed. I think there's going to be like more than 6,000 people there tonight, <laughs> which, which would be good. That was definitely the case, the case last year. Um, but yeah, very quickly it, it became very emotional. So, you know, she kind of started out her, her opening statement was real simple and just like, you know, I, posted something on social media today, which is why you're, you're all here. <laughs> and she Now, can I just ask that. you, because you mentioned 6,000 in the stands. I know Mohegan seats 10, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. The fact that Sue makes this announcement, there's going to be a surge. Do you think there's a possibility we see a sellout? Did we see that place totally packed tonight? What do you think? Oh, I would absolutely love to see a sellout. Um, I don't know. I think it's if it is going to happen today or if it is going to happen this season, a storm game would be a pretty good bet. Right. Um, you know, that 6,000 was kind of estimated before she even made her announcement. So I'm really curious to see, you know, how many people are buying tickets the day of now that, yes. you know, now that it's time to really go see Sue Bird. So um, Sue mentioned in her, her press, you know, she'll be back at Mohegan. This isn't her last time in Connecticut. Uh, they return um, next month. But right. um, as she was saying, you know, this this kind of road trip that was kind of ended with Connecticut on Friday and then um, returning to, to New York on Saturday or Sunday. Um, that's what really kind of motivated her to, to kind of make this decision now, make it on her own terms and kind of kind of do this her own way. You know, Sue will be in New York on Sunday, the Syosset, New York native, just a legend in this entire area, you know, as somebody who is familiar with how hard it is for women's basketball players to break through in this New York media market. Sue always has. Sue's always had an element of her game that takes the attention on her to another level. But for her to do it now, right, you know, you get the Connecticut announcement, you get the New York portion of it, and then on back to Seattle, where next Tuesday she's going to be holding another press conference. The thing that strikes me is she announced it, like you said, a few hours before that press conference, and that room is packed. And did you tell me that Rowan Shaver told us 51 people were on that, uh, on that Zoom yesterday afternoon? 
Yeah, I could not see the Zoom. We were kind of looking through the list as it was like blinking on the screen. We saw CNN, you know, a bunch of Seattle pubs, some national pubs. Rowan, um, our Seattle reporter, was on as well. And she said, you know, probably the most she saw was 51. And it included, you know, CNN, national pubs, even some Seattle publications that, you know, aren't always covering the storm. So it definitely caught a lot of people's attention. <laughs> she is transcendent in that way. And there's good reason for it. I guess I wonder this question. I, I don't know what the answer to this is, but I'm curious whether you think Sue Bird, the icon, has obscured in some ways Sue Bird, the basketball player. Because you go back and you look at what she was able to do on the court, and it's almost impossible to fathom. She's put up these numbers that you just feel like no one's going to catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it kind of feels like her she her career has been so long across like 21 years and 19 seasons playing that it feels like she has different phases of her career. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was not watching the WNBA when she first jumped in. And then once I did, you know, start becoming a WNBA regular, um, you know, she was kind of starting to evolve into this kind of cultural icon that we know now. She was starting to speak out more. She was starting to be less reserved and starting to really kind of make her mark. Um so from my perspective, you know, that's kind of the version I see. But then you also think back about she had a really long career. She's the only WNBA player in league history to appear in at least 500 games. And I think she's already at like 559, which she started all of them, which also Absurd. blows my mind as someone who has never played a basketball game. Did you see the number? I, I know I, I am. I am still from a WNBA perspective stuck at zero. So I am 559 behind Sue, you know, and counting at least for a little bit longer. But did you see this number? I think the Storm PR put it out. 27.5% of Seattle Storm baskets ever were either scored or assisted by Sue Bird. I mean, that's just an insane stat, right? Yeah, I did not see that. That is crazy to think about. I was kind of thinking about that last night. You know, like she, the Storm were introduced in like 99, 2000, um, I think. And then, you know, she was there a few years later. So she is, she is a large part of their, of their franchise. I was kind of joking with a few people last night. I was like, I wonder if they at some point renamed the team, you know, the Seattle Birds. (laughs) It's, It's not a ridiculous notion. It is not a ridiculous notion. I was happy to hear she shouted out Karen Bryant, uh, the longtime executive uh, who drafted her as well. Karen's, of course, been, to my mind, an unsung hero of the WNBA, been around women's sports in general, recently served as the uh, temporary president for the Los Angeles Sparks as well. So has really done it all. And I'm glad to see more people get those shout outs. Uh, you know, legends are everywhere. And you'll even find legends in your mouth if you buy built bar mud pie puffs they are always coming out with a new flavor and in this case they had and we were talking about this before the show started now this i just want to be clear about this this is radio host mud pie it is and i've done some research into this it's mud pie it's for radio hosts it's not radio host flavored mud pie you know so there are no i you go and you can look in the ingredients you can see there's not even trace elements of radio hosts in it it's made for radio hosts like me to eat but so no there's no cannibalism there's just delicious flavor and a lot of protein and very little sugar 130 calories and four grams net carbs so do what i do 
on a regular basis in order to feed my family, in order to make sure that my kids have a snack on the go, in order to know when I'm going to do things like covering Sue Bird on Sunday, that I have a snack that's good for me and also tastes like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off at Built.com. And Jacqueline, I just got to ask you this. I just need to know, when you do that, who are you going to tell them sent you? Locked on Women's Basketball Podcast. Yes, and Grandma Myrna. And Grandma Myrna, of course. Let's not forget, (laughs) and Grandma Myrna as well. Yes, so getting back to the legend on the court rather than the legend in bar form. And that being Sue Bird. It was interesting to me. Gino R.E.M. is never at a loss for words, but Gino had some things to say. And so that statement that came out, what was it? Four paragraphs long. Yeah. He talked about among other things that we are talking about somebody. I want to get it exact. I want to get it exact. We're not going to paraphrase it. There's a lot of things that have been accomplished and people will say that record will never be broken. The things Sue has done, the accomplishments she's earned, I feel pretty good that that's never going to be done again. And if it is, well, I wouldn't bet on it, which is just a very, very like, you know, stream of consciousness thing to do. But my bigger thing, and this is kind of the way I think about it, if you'll permit me to do it. I think someday, if I'm privileged enough to live a long time, if Uh, the rise of fascism and our oceans doesn't lead to the collapse of civilization as we know it, that we'll be talking about women's basketball 50 years from now. And I'm hoping I have grandchildren and they're going to be amazed that we covered Sue Bird in the same way that I know when I got to talk to someone like a Bill Mazur late in life, who was a baseball writer uh, for a long time, Bill had covered Babe Ruth. And that was sort of an amazing thing because you could do, even if you did what Babe Ruth did, Hank Aaron ultimately hit more home runs than Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was the one who did it first. Babe Ruth's the one who has that exhibition in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't it feel to you like no matter what Sue Bird's successors do, they're never going to have done what she did because she did it first, right? I agree. And, you know, the WNBA is still very young. It's 26 years and Sue Bird has been in 21 of those years. Um, that's a crazy thing to think about. And, you know, she also talked about kind of how she was the first generation of, you know, a recruiting class that kind of got to aspire to be in the WNBA and choose their school based on, you know, those aspirations. Um, so that was really cool. And, you know, I think if Sue had it her way, you know, she would definitely love for for other people to um, have that same path as her. Something that really stuck out yesterday was she talked about and she got real emotional about um, just some of the proudest moments of her career is probably like the longevity of it. Um, Something that she thinks is really important is she wants other WNBA players and and women's basketball players to know that they can have long careers. You know, this is not being 41 years old and playing basketball at a high level is um, not an outlier and it shouldn't be an outlier. Um, And that said, you know, Sue said it's it's very hard and I'm sure it is. It's very difficult to get there, Um, but it's possible. And that's something she really wants to see out of out 
of the next generation, which, you know, she's already kind of talked about how she is so proud of how they've kind of been pushing even harder than than her generation did, you know, which kind of pushed on the backs of that 96 team and Jennifer Azy and Don Staley and, and all those great people who kind of built the WNBA that, themselves. So um, I think she would love to see this long continue. But, you know, she she is one of the first. And I don't think, you know, that goes away um, anytime soon. I think it's going to be an outlier regardless, right? I think you can talk about people being able to play longer, but expecting people, I, I mean, you know, the comparison I made on the Locked On Mothership podcast last night was to Ted Williams. I don't even see a basketball reference that captures it in the sense that Ted Williams in 1941 hit 406 and in 1957 hit 388 and did it in just these fundamentally different times, right? Pre-war, post-war, pre-integration, post-integration. And Ted Williams managed to dominate in this way over very different eras in baseball history. And so you pointed out she won her third and fourth titles at age 37 and age 39, which is just a crazy thing. Uh, But it wasn't just, all right, she's an ancillary player on that. So I went back. I wanted to capture it as well as I could. And if you go by win shares per 48, which is just a useful catch-all measurement for how valuable you are when you're out there on the floor. Her best win shares per 48 is 2004. Her second best win shares per 48 is 2010. Her third is 2020, and her fourth is 2018. So again, first of all, not surprising that corresponds with her four titles. But more to the point, she's playing identically well when she's a young player, her third year in the league, to when she's 39 years old, playing with Brianna Stewart and getting uh, Brianna Stewart, her second title in Seattle together. So just seeing that combination, whether Sue likes it or not, I think that's going to be an outlier, I think, for uh, a long time to come. But it is. It's inspiring. It also, you know, I like to play that game when you trace back uh, players. There are going to be young players who've played with Sue over the last couple of years who are in the lead, say 15 years from now, we can say you can by jump by one player back to the very early days of the WNBA, thanks to Sue Bird. There is another element to Sue Bird's evolution in the public sphere that I think has to go uh, discussed here as well, which is to say that Sue Bird, when she entered the lead, if you've ever seen the pictures from draft night, they went out of their way to feminize her. They went out of her way to make the image of a fan friendly, right? But what fan are we talking about? The fan that we're worried about is the male gaze. The fan that we're worried about is the traditional fan, the all-American quote-unquote fan. And that was the way in which they marketed Sue Bird at the start of her career. To see her here and on in Pride Month at just carries extra resonance as somebody who is publicly in this relationship as part of a power couple with Megan Rapinoe, as somebody who is a significant part of the LGBTQ community and making statements that I know were uncomfortable for her when she first started talking about this, because Sue has been such a private person for so much of her career. How much do you think that evolution has allowed the WNBA to become what it is, which is a public-facing progressive organization of its players. 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, just the fact that you could see this in Sue's very long career kind of evolve in its own way as well, I think is a, is a testament to that. And, you know, of course, it's not just Sue. It's many other great people in who make up the WNBA. And, um, you know, maybe it's with the times, but I think, you know, it's a lot, <laughs> a lot better right now. Um, just thinking back to like Dream On, because that was so recent, the the, the ESPN 30 for 30. Um, I know Rebecca Lobo was live tweeting it. Um, of course, she was a member of that dream team. And she said, like Jennifer Azey, for example, who Sue Bird had looked up to as this, you know, when she saw her as a, as a young teenager, saw her play in the national team, she said that was kind of her see it, be it moment. You know, Jennifer Azey was a young point guard who kind of looked like Sue. Um, you know, that's when she kind of really had the realization that this was a possibility for her. Um, but yeah, anyway, Lobo said AZ was her, her roommate and not one time during that, you know, 12 month barnstorm or however long it was that they were all together. Um, no one on the team knew that Jennifer AZ was gay. Don Staley also chimed in and said she had no idea. And that kind of just speaks to the times of, you know, how it wasn't accepted. I know in the documentary, um, AZ talked a lot about how, you know, she kind of thought she didn't make that 92 team because of the fact that she was gay. And, you know, Gino and a few other people discussed how, you know, that was kind of a negative thing that coaches talked about <laughs> when they were recruiting people. Um, so just the fact that that was not even like not even 30 years ago and the WNBA is 26 years old. Um, yeah, I hope. I think it's a big evolution and, you know, Sue is a big part of that. Um, and I think that's a big part of her legacy and it's, it'll be a big part of the legacy of um, the other great people in the WNBA in her era who are kind of leading that change. It's a long time and it's a short time all at once, right? I mean, the WNBA has this longevity that they're justifiably proud of, but if the WNBA were a person, it could have remained on its parents' health insurance until this year. I mean, that's how young it is. So it, it, it is an interesting contrast for sure. I, I will just talk, speaking of contrast, about ArcadeOneUp.com. I have to circle back to it to let you know, not only can you pre-order these now for delivery in late September, but, and this kind of blows my mind, there's there, Wi-Fi connectivity on these ArcadeOneUp.com machines. So you can get... A, a, an NBA, I wish a WNBA jam someday, someday WNBA jam, but you can get an NBA jam game. You know, there's no fouls. There's no, you, you can ball the hell out of people, by the way, as far as it goes, that's how NBA jam rolls. And you hit three in a row and you see the fire come through. Oh God, just so many memories, so much time that people believed, obviously I should have been spending on schoolwork, but no, clearly not because by doing it this way, it prepared me for my actual career. So thank you, NBA jam. No, thank you school, but make sure you go to arcade one up.com arcade, the number one up.com to check out these machines and enter now for an opportunity to win one free, get it with Wi-Fi and challenge your friends. I've got friends around the world who I got to tell about this because it's going to be Absolutely amazing. So Sue Bird, icon, Sue Bird, legend. Sue Bird, also a point guard in the current WNBA, uh, which has quite a few interesting games ahead. Let's talk about it, right? So what is at stake Friday night? It actually matters for the now Seattle Storm, Connecticut Sun. In your normal times, you are a Connecticut Sun beat reporter. So... <laughs> It is true as the expert on both sides of this as to what you're looking for out of tonight at Mohican. Yes. Well, like I said, I'm sure there will be plenty of emotion at tonight's game. I'm sure there will be 
plenty of storm fans there <laughs> last uh, last year when the storm came out. I think it was uh, Brianna Stewart's grandmother got a skybox, <laughs> you know, packed it with all of her friends and family. And at the time, we were sitting in the high earth box um, because it was before the Olympic break. So the whole game, you could just see them really, <laughs> really lighting up the arena. They were so loud. And at one point, you realize like, oh, that's Stewie's grandmother. <laughs> So I got I, I as somebody who's interviewed Stewie's grandma, let me just tell you, like, she is a treat. She is delightful. Uh, Stewie's parents are, too. Like the Stewart family rolls loud, I guess is the way I'd put it. This was not an exception. Yeah, so I'm sure they're looking forward to the game. Um, last year, the UConn team showed out. Uh, I assume they might do that tonight. I don't know. Um Mm-hmm. Gino and Chris Daly, they were not at the press conference yesterday. I believe they had practice or something, but Sue mentioned that she'll see them in Connecticut. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a UConn showing tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before she even announced her retirement, this game was going to be packed and now even more so. So, you know, Seattle's going to come out with a lot of juice. Uh, Sue, when she was talking about kind of telling her teammates on Wednesday night before she was going to make that public announcement, she said she didn't really want anyone kind of distracted by the the big idea of, oh, is is this Sue's last time in Connecticut? Is this Sue's last time in New York? Um, so she kind of is glad that she ripped the Band-Aid off in that way. Um, you know, and her team was really chill about it, which I think she appreciated. They kind of just cheers and moved on when she, when she told them the news, which I think is how she would prefer that conversation to go. Um, but I'm sure, you know, they want to win for, win for Sue. Um, Seattle and Connecticut already matched up a couple weeks ago and they were in Seattle. Um, Seattle was leading by 13 points, I believe. And Connecticut was able to overcome that lead in the fourth quarter and take that win. So I'm sure they're still thinking about that. Um, You know, Connecticut's coming off a really good um, game on Wednesday, Wednesday night against Atlanta. They dropped more than a hundred points for the first time this season. Um, I believe they had 14 three pointers, which is their season high (laughs) was a really good efficient showing for, for Courtney Williams and Natisha Heideman. Um, So just coming off that game, if the Connecticut backcourt can really build off that momentum, um, the prior game between storm, the storm and the sun a few weeks ago um, on the sun side, that was really led by John Paul Jones, Brianna Jones, Dewana Bonner, kind of Connecticut's front court, who you really expect to kind of take those moments. They did a really good job at um, guarding Stewie, which you know, can always be a problem. They held her to 12 points that night. Um, but, you know, Seattle's backcourt really, really went off on them. Um, and this is, of course, is, is without Jasmine Thomas, who is their best defender. She's out for the season. Um, so the backcourt against Seattle a few weeks ago for the Sun really struggled. Um, I don't think Natisha Heidemann scored any points. Courtney had like six points or something. And um, Sue and Jewel really went off. And I believe Sue was coming back from like her COVID, um, her extended like COVID time off. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was her first game back and she's dropping all these points. So um, what the Sun did really well on Wednesday night against Atlanta was guarding the the perimeter, which is something they they really need to do. Um, I believe Seattle had like nine three pointers the last time they showed up, so they weren't super efficient because they took a lot of them. But it was definitely more more than the Sun. So that perimeter game will will definitely be a big focus. Um, the Sun have since that game kind of redone their roster a little bit, a little bit of a shakeup. Um, so they cut. 
point guard Yvonne Anderson decided to sign um, Jasmine Jones, who has previously played for the Liberty. Um, Jazz Jones literally got here Wednesday. <laughs> so Jazz Jones got to do shoot around with the team. I know she's been trying to learn up on, on the playbook. Um, she probably wasn't expected to take the floor on Wednesday night, but you know, going into that fourth quarter, the Sun had like a 29-point lead at, at some point, and Kurt en- emptied his bench. Ended up being a shoot-around. I, yeah. I do have to point out, and I don't really know how you do it, how you keep track of it. You, you're covering a team with now a Jasmine, effectively replacing a Jasmine. Uh, you got three Joneses. You got a couple of Thomases. Uh, you know, center reference is just a nightmare, but you do it very elegantly, I have to say. <laughs> Well, thank you. I feel foolish that I didn't think about when I was trying to think about, you know, who would could possibly be a replacement um, for this team. Obviously, Jasmine Jones is is the clear answer. You know, you got to be a Thomas. You got to be a Jones. You got to be a Maryland grad. We should have just guessed. We should have just guessed. We said Jones likely Jones likely to join Sun, and we can just keep that as evergreen content and run it. There we go. So I will have that in my back pocket, my back pocket for next time. Try to think about that a little, a little bit more. Um, But yeah, you know, I'd be surprised if we see see Jazz tonight. But you know, hopefully, ideally, like once she's up to speed, and you know, maybe even. And so tonight, um, why Kurt really wanted to sign her is because she gives that defensive energy and she's a versatile guard where she can play that guard spot, but she can also defend the perimeter and she can defend that wing. Um, He was really attracted to just the energy she brought, which I know Jackie Powell has said that, you know, that was really a big part of her game. You know, in in times where Jazz Jones has shined, it has really come from her energy and her focus and her athleticism out on the court. So, you know. That, yeah, that is what the sun needs. So, you know, she's, they c- canceled practice yesterday as well. So I don't think Jazz Jones has actually gotten one full practice in. I'm sure she's been studying nonstop. Um, but, you know, as, as time goes on, you know, maybe the next storm game in July, uh, you know, that would become a factor. But, you know, going back on my tangent, um, <laughs> they really need to guard the the backcourt of, of Sue Bird and Jewel Lloyd and, you know, I think Sue had juice in that last game. I think she will probably come out even more so tonight. So that would be my guess. And, and I, it's good to see Jasmine Jones back in the lead period. That's what it comes down to. Somebody who always brings the energy. So we appreciate you obviously making us your first listen when it comes to podcasts every day. But and Jacqueline, this is amazing to me, right? There's a league where men also play basketball as a profession. Um, I don't know if you had heard about it. Uh, it's called the NBA. And yeah, the N, just, yes, the NBA. I just want to make sure I have that right. And we actually have the first pitch of the ultimate NBA mock draft have now been made by the locked on NBA big board show. Search now for ultimate NBA mock draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of locked on NBA big board. There's a five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft already underway. So make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. Seems like it's the type of lead that between WNBA seasons, uh, you might even get to watch a game or two. It sounds, you know, that which is delightful. I, you know, good for, good for men getting that opportunity in our society, finally. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I am Howard Magdal, very glad to be talking about women's basketball every single day. Jacqueline LeBlanc, make sure everyone listening follows you, J-A-C-Q-D-L-E-B, on Twitter for all the amazing work 
you were doing covering the Connecticut Sun. And last night, special assignment about Sue Bird. We'll be back with you on Monday, every weekday, covering the game that we all love. Howard Magdal here wishing you a wonderful weekend. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.